2: Hello, and welcome to the Heredity Podcast with me, Dr. James Bergen. And welcome to the first episode of 2021. This year is already shaping up to be a fantastic year of science, and together we're going to explore some of the outstanding studies published in Heredity. But, dear listeners, in order to make this podcast, I rely on you to publish those outstanding studies with us. So today, I'm going to try and convince you that Heredity is the correct place for your next paper. So, what are we looking for? What kind of research do we publish? And how can you write a knockout manuscript that's sure to impress? In this episode, we're going to find out as we hear from several of our brilliant editors, starting with The Chief.
1: I'm Barbara Mabel. I am the editor-in-chief of Heredity. I took over in 2016 along with the editorial assistant, Sandra. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. One thing that's different about the way we do things is that even though we're associated with a big publisher, Springer Nature, we have a small team of editors, and we have a much more personalized relationship with our authors than a lot of big journals. We're also a very old journal. We've been around for over 70 years, but that doesn't mean we're outdated. We try to stay on top. Currently, we publish a lot in genomic approaches, particularly improvements in crop and animal breeding strategies, but also in a wide range of other topics associated with population and evolutionary genetics.
2: Of course, Heredity publishes a greater diversity of articles than you might
1: think. People don't often think about Heredity for reviews, but we would like to publish reviews. We've added a new reviews editor who's just started, and if you've got some ideas, please contact Frank and discuss your ideas with him.
2: So, slight confession, that was originally recorded a couple of years back, and since then we've seen some fantastic review articles appear in Heredity, but we want more. And whether research or review, there's one thing that we absolutely look for in every paper submitted to Heredity.
1: So because we're a general journal, what we're looking for are papers that have a broad general message rather than detailed results on one specific study system that's hard to extrapolate. And so we're more flexible in content than some journals.
2: Of course, no paper could be published in Heredity without the help of our brilliant and dedicated team of editors. Unfortunately, over the past couple of years, I've interviewed quite a few of them to find out what they do, what they look for, and why they're so fond of the journal. And first up, we're going to hear from Professor Paul Sonics, who heads the Persistence and Adaptation Research Team at Monash University in Australia. Paul was the very first editor I ever interviewed at
0: Heredity, all the way back in 2018. Well, I have put my money where my mouth is in terms of Heredity, so I've published eight papers in it now. I like it because it's got a really nice balance between a strong sort of theoretical basis and also a strong empirical basis. So it has a a good eye to whether the system and the question are interesting. So I've found it very enjoyable to publish in. I've seen the handling process from both sides. My role in the journal as an associate editor is to look at the paper, assess it, double-check it for fit to the journal, um, make sure that we think that it's of sufficient quality to be worth reviewers spending their time on. I do like to read every paper in, in detail, sort of essentially treat it as if I was doing a full review myself. And so, yeah, when the reviews come in, the associate editor looks over the reviews, and then that's fed back to the uh, the authors.
2: When I first heard Paul talk about his role at Heredity, it was clear that he had a real fondness for the journal, and it's a fondness that's really shared by all of our editors. At the end of 2019, I recorded an interview with Dr. Alison Bentley, who's now the director of the Global Wheat Program at the International Maize and Wheat Improvement Center in Mexico. In that episode, Alison explained how she got involved with Heredity, the importance of our relationship with the Genetic Society, and what she looks for when a manuscript lands in her inbox.
3: Yeah, so I was recommended for the role from one of the outgoing editors, and I think it was really to bring the perspective from the crop side, which and often in the crop side, we take a much higher level kind of context view first. So we say, why is this important? And then we do the science that kind of uh, leads us to address that challenge. Um, so I came in to really bring in or enhance that application perspective so to identify and handle papers that dealt more with how do we apply genetics or heredity or you know inheritance information into the breeding of better crops or to understanding more about plant species and their plasticity and their environmental adaptation so i think and i hope that (laughs) that's the expertise that i bring to heredity
2: yeah, no, definitely. And I wonder why you think people should consider publishing this kind of research in Heredity.
3: So the the first thing is, um, and I've recently been talking to Barbara about this, is that it's a society journal. It's the official journal of the Genetic Society, which is a really important learned society, but also a network of geneticists uh, in the UK and further afield. Um, and I think, you know, as publishing's changing, it is really important to acknowledge the role of society journals and what they give back to the community that they represent. So that's the kind of um, moral stance on why people should submit the Heredity. (laughs) But I also think having become an editor, you know, it's not typically a journal that you would think of if you work in applied uh, crop science research. But if you pick up an edition of Heredity, you can learn a huge amount that's not outside your field, but in a field that's kind of adjacent to yours that you might not necessarily be aware of. And I think that's the that's the thing it brings, that it has this focus on inheritance or heredity, these kind of fundamental uh, aspects of genetics. Uh, and then it, you have all of these kind of case studies about how you can use uh, inheritance information in lots of different ways. So I think uniting it and that kind of interesting adjacency of lots of different fields, but united by Genetics uh, is really a unique selling point for me of heredity and what it offers.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And GenSoc they supported me a lot during my PhD studies. It is it is a very generous organization.
3: Yeah, no, you've got to realize. I think yeah, the money comes from somewhere, and it is a huge supporter of uh, UK genetics. Really, from you know across. Such a wide range of disciplines, all united and underpinned by genetics. And I think, yeah, it is really important to realize the money to support, especially early career scientists, um, and to offer lots of training and travel opportunities. A lot of that is because they have society journals. So it is important to support that.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. And I guess, sort of like the last thing I want to know about you from an editor perspective is what you look for when a paper comes to you.
3: Yeah I think I always ask the question about what's the narrative like what's the what's this paper telling us about the specific subject area it's in but what's it telling us more widely about how we can apply genetic information into you know any different context within the plant or crop species and so that's what uh, really excites me when I get a paper you know it might be something that's you know, in a non-crop species, so an experimental system or a a native plant. And it always is, does this ask me the question, how could I apply this in another system? Uh, And that's what I really look for to say, is this kind of more broadly applicable in the area of genetics, genomics, uh, understanding of inheritance?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that is a real strength of a lot of these heredity papers. You, kinda, you read the title and it sounds very niche and then you read the paper and you realise it's just full of broad messages.
3: Yeah, I could do this. Oh, I should do this. Yeah, like this is not a way I would have thought about doing this, but it could be really interesting if you could apply this in wheat or potato or, you know, a, di- a different species.
2: Looking for that narrative, that broader message is something that every heredity editor does. And having one is a key part of a great research paper. Another really interesting conversation I had was with Dr. Mark Sift, an evolutionary biologist at the University of Konstanz in Germany, as well as talking about what he looks for in a manuscript, which, heads up, includes some really fantastic writing tips. Mark also answered a question I'd been wondering for a while. What's in it for the editors themselves?
4: Yeah, so I,
2: I think, to be fair, I mean, I'm
4: I'm, I'm relatively junior in, in my career, I would say, and I, I think for junior researchers it's super important to get editorial experience. So personally, I've learned actually quite a lot from seeing why I as an editor actually reject or perhaps give major revisions to a certain paper. I, it's super interesting to see this from the other side. And I think I've learned a lot now in how I submit, even if I don't submit to Heredity, I submit somewhere else I think I'm now doing that differently because of the experience I get here.
2: Well, perfect. And that is actually genuinely really interesting because my next question was going to be asking about how you kind of go about it. So when a paper comes into you, what is it that you are looking for? Um, So I'm trying to, first
4: of all, check if the paper is not very narrow in scope. So a trick that I do that works for me is to look at the end of the introduction, if there's a clear list of questions, and then maybe skim through the rest and then read the discussion thoroughly and test if or, or see for myself if I think these questions have been thoroughly answered. So at that point, I don't review it completely because a review, of course, you also have to look into the, into detail into the methods, but there we have, I think reviews that also should provide an assessment. So that's one aspect that I value a lot, especially in deciding whether or not I send something out for review. Um, I, I like good structured writing in the sense that it's, I think, very important to have a good paragraph structure where each paragraph has some message of its own so that all the paragraphs together form a logical flow. So it can sometimes be that the science is all in good shape and even there are good questions and the questions are answered. But if you read it, you sort of have to read each paragraph 10 times. And yeah, so that's something I also look for. But that's normally not a reason for
2: rejecting a paper And I guess this kind of moves on to (coughs) another question, which I didn't tell you about in advance, but I wonder if there are any papers that you've come across recently that you've been the editor for that you think are particularly notable, Um, any that Mm. you particularly liked, I think they sort of exemplify what Heredity is really looking for, and you're not allowed to pick your own. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say that, no. No, I I didn't end my own papers for
4: the record. (laughs) Um... Cool. That's a good question and a tough one to uh, just just <laughs> come up out of the <laughs> blue with a paper like that. So, um, th- there is a paper that that comes to mind where I found like it, it was a bit further from my own topic. It was about hybridization in in lizards. I which... think
2: we might have an episode on this.
4: Okay, <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think the ideas there were, were were great, and and it looked like they were based on on some sound theory. To me, I was a bit further off, so I I really relied on the reviewers here for insight on whether the approaches uh, were there. And there was a a lot of back and forth. I think there were three or four uh, revision rounds on that paper. But in the end, um, I I, I was pretty happy with the result. I think I was picky on on the way that the questions were formulated and and, and the the way the hypothesis was. But in the end, I had a very good idea.
2: So, So is this the hybrid origins of the asexual species?
4: Um, yeah, exactly. And I think the data is not necessarily conclusive, but I think it offers enough good data points to, you know, warrant slight speculation in, in the discussion. And I think it's in that sense, it's, yeah, some would call it maybe provocative, but I think
2: it's, it's the right mix. Part of why I love that discussion with Mark is that you can hear his dedication to great science, that desire to help the authors hone their writing and ideas. And he's not the only one. All of our editors want to make sure that every paper published in Heredity is as good as it can possibly be, and Dr. Giorgio Bertarelli from the University of Ferrara in Italy, has a very clear idea on what that means, and, importantly, what it definitely doesn't mean.
5: I think people should not, I mean, this is what I think, they should not overstate too much what they have been doing, so not trying to oversell what they've been doing, be honest, and... um, Uh, What is important is also being clear for a general audience. Of course, if there is a very, very innovative method uh, or a very, very super cool uh, system, uh, easier (laughs) to be published in a (laughs) Reddit as uh, as in any other journal probably. But in in my view, yeah, being updated is important. Sometimes uh, we receive papers uh, using methods that has not been used since 10 years. (laughs) And this is, uh, you wonder if there was a a, a statistician uh, or a computational biologist that had a look at the paper, because uh, not always new methods are better than old methods, but um, you have to show that uh, there is a reason to use uh, something that uh, has not been used in the last 10 years. So, being updated, uh, clear... And um, rigorous also. And not to try always to oversell. But of course, uh, it's important to show that there is something new. And finally, Professor Dario grappa Pabalia from Embrapa in Brazil has a friendly
2: reminder for those who are looking to submit a paper to Heredity.
6: You know, this is very important. If you you want to use molecular markers in breeding, you have to use methods that you can actually replicate the data. Especially if you're going to be using this across breeding generation, you have to be able, for example, in genomic prediction, you have to be able to develop prediction models that are based on marker data that you can actually re-genotype and get an accuracy of ninety nine point nine percent two or three years from now. So this is important. And sometimes we see some methods being used that are not really replicable. Okay? (laughs) And so so you know it's like, you know, sometimes you see things that I call methods that are for, you know, Never to be repeated studies, you know, like you publish and that's it. So that's important. When you think about breathing, you have to, you know, get something done that can be repeated. Otherwise, it's not going to be useful. Um,
2: You have to be able to apply it. Exactly. The
6: data has to be available, you know, and Heredity requires the data to be available so that people can actually check on that. I think this is really important. You know, I, I look for that.
2: Great narrative. Broad message. Clear writing. Rigorous, repeatable science. That's what our editors are looking for. And if you give it to them, they will give you a personal editorial
0: experience. And if you still need some convincing, I think this might just do it. We actually have a um, dedicated editorial assistant, Sandra, who's really extremely efficient, very fantastic. And uh, that makes the associate editor's lives a lot easier. And um, we've We've got some pretty solid direction from Barbara Mabel as well, so it's a good team. I'm not sure if
4: it's always been the case, but at least the way Barbara is now running the journal, it's it's a small group of editors. It's almost like a like a small family. It's not massive, yet at the same time, there's a decent output of papers.
5: It's a good opportunity also to read nice papers, and variety is um sort of I think. Historical journal it has a, a reputation, it has a tradition. the editorial board is um, made by a lot of passionate people. They know each other, and I think that all of them are trying to carefully uh, read and understand what is in the papers that are submitted to the journal and I like being the editor there. I got a, uh, an email from Barbara, and I think Kermit Ritland had
6: left. The editorial board. And, and so Barbara said, you know, I think, you know, Kermit suggested your name, what do you think? I said, that would be an honor because I think Heredity is a very traditional journal. And, and uh, I think tradition is important. Another thing is, it's a journal that's connected to a, a
2: scientific society. And I think this is important too. Heredity is a society-run journal. That means we're run by the community, for the community. If you work in the fields of genetics and evolution, we hope to see your paper submission soon. And if you're not already a member, please consider joining the Genetics Society. Here's Barbara Mabel to make a final pitch.
1: As a Genetics Society member, you get access to Heredity. A lot of people don't realize that they sponsor travel to meetings for students. They sponsor fieldwork grants through Heredity, which are small grants particularly dedicated to fieldwork associated with genetics-related projects. There's also a lot of training opportunities for students and other initiatives. So Genetic Society is really worth joining. So it's really worth checking out their website to seeing the advantages.
2: That website would be genetics.org.uk. And you can actually head over there now, because that's us for today. If you want to find out more about Heredity, you can visit our website. That's nature.com forward slash HDY. You can subscribe to the Heredity Podcast on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Heredity Journal, and you can get in touch with me directly at hereditypodcast.gen at gmail.com. I'm James Bergen. Thanks for listening.